Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatment so you can feel normal again, and live your life to the fullest. Now, today's topic is all about mindset. I'm so excited about today's show because I have JJ Virgin on. Let me tell you a little bit about her. JJ Virgin is a nutrition and weight loss expert. Her newest book is called Miracle Mindset. It covers the seven powerful lessons she learned after her 16-year-old son was in a brutal hit-and-run accident. JJ is best known for her bestsellers, The Virgin Diet and Sugar Impact Diet, but fighting for her son's life inspired a new focus on mindset and the power of courage, strength, and resilience to help you not just survive, but thrive during life's hardest moments. JJ, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Oh, thank you. So appreciate it. So, JJ, what exactly is a miracle mindset and why does our mindset matter so much? You know, it's so interesting. I didn't realize this before. You know, I've been working in health and wellness now for 30 years, and we actually did a query of our uh, community last year. And we said, if you haven't reached your goals, what's been standing in your way? And the number one thing that came up was not what I thought it would be. It was that they didn't feel worthy. They didn't feel good enough. Ultimately, it was their mindset that was determining their success. And when you really think about it, whatever it is that's going on in your life, whether it's financial or career relationships or health it's ultimately going to be your mindset and so four and a half years ago when I was getting ready to publish the virgin diet literally we're a couple weeks out I had the PBS show ready to air I had all these tv shows lined up and my son was the victim of a hit and run while he was crossing the street he was 16 at the time and he was literally left for dead in the street. He had a torn aorta that kills 90% of the people on the scene. He had multiple brain bleeds. He was in a deep coma. He had diffuse axonal injuries in his brain. And he had 13 fractures. He literally was covered in glass and road rash, and he had bones sticking through his skin. And when we we went to see him, he was airlifted to the local hospital. Like, you know, I, we found out because my um, other son, who was 15, and my ex-husband, drove by the scene of the accident and found out that a kid that looked just like my younger son had been hit. So we go get to the local hospital and the doctors there tell us we have to let him go. That there's no way they can fix his torn aorta there. They need a blood thinner. And so we had to choose his brain or his aorta, but we couldn't have both. Well, we elected to airlift him to another hospital where they saved his life. We, we over, you know, overruled the doctors, went against their orders, did that. And then I spent the next four and a half months with him in the hospital about 12 hours a day when I wasn't on the road traveling. And literally, I knew I had to be there with him. I mean, number one, I wanted to be there with him. But, you know, there's 
third leading cause of death is death by doctors due to just, you know, things happening in hospitals. And, um, but I also had to be there for my book because I was the sole financial support for my family and I had everything invested in it. If it didn't go, I wasn't going to be able to support his medical care. So I was in this, like, had to do it all. And then when we brought him home, it's been four years of helping him recover from a brain injury, which will be a rest of his life helping him recover from a brain injury. And now I had a business that was taking off and I needed to be here for all of it. And people were like, how the heck are you doing this? And I, I looked at all of it and I realized that it all came down to having a mindset, which I now call miracle mindset, of these different attributes that together formulated this. And really what I had to do with Carrie was everything I'd gone through in my life up to that point had been training. You know, we tend to look at the bad things that have happened in our life as like, oh my gosh, and we look back and they make us depressed. And what I'm looking at here is is a reframe of everything that you've gone through. Every challenging situation has made you better, has made you stronger, has increased your stress tolerance, has helped you develop this miracle mindset so that you can take on bigger things in your life. So, JJ, your book covers seven powerful lessons. Can you tell us a little bit about those seven lessons? Yeah, and I'm going to probably deep dive into a few of them. but That's fine, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so it starts out with you are uh, don't wish it was easier, make yourself stronger. And you know it was interesting. The last thing that Grant said to me that afternoon before he stomped out of the house because he was mad at Mom when he stomped out of the house was you know I'm not as strong as you think I am, Mom. Because we'd been having this whole conversation about school and homework and I was telling him that he he could do this and that you don't want it to be easier you need to step up and you need to lean into this and you know and that like just teenage boy did not want to hear that but when you look at it we tend to look at things go gosh this is too hard or I'm scared and I look at this and I think you know if you're scared if you're feeling fear it's actually a sign that you're playing big enough that instead of being fearless what if we thought of being courageous and leaning into fear and if things are hard that's great because you know what when things are hard you're getting better it's the struggle that makes us better it's not when it's easy and it's sunny outside and you know there's butterflies and you know birds chirping right it's the it's the struggle that really brings out it brings out the strength we are never better than when we're, we're challenged so that was the first piece of it, and it was just so interesting they happened to walk out the door and, and say this to me. But all along the line, the way, Carrie, I've had to talk him through this because it is really hard um, to come out of a brain injury. And it's it's going to be my life's purpose now to, to help here because 17 million people a year have anything from a, you know, a mild concussion all the way up to a severe TBI. And those people who have brain injuries 25% of them talk about killing themselves or attempt it or succeed at it and it's a very difficult thing and you'd never know because they look fine so it really is something where we have to just learn as he's been going through the last four years and telling me how hard it is that's been my big thing is honey it's going to be hard you know I don't know anything worth having in life that wasn't worth fighting for that wasn't hard work it's just the way it is yeah and you mentioned uh brain injuries and concussion, TBI, and whatnot. But really, this applies to all kinds of areas of our life and all kinds of areas of our health. I mean, I remember, you know, the point in my life when I when I was like, I need to go gluten-free because I need to become more healthier because I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. But it took me three years to get to that point. 
to become strong enough mentally to say, okay, this is it. I'm just going to do it. Even though I'm scared, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, it does. And that's been the big takeaway is the book tells my story. It's, it's the miracle mindset, a mother, her son and life's hardest lessons. But you know, when you talk specifically about a story, there's universal truths throughout that story. And that's really the key is it doesn't matter. I've interviewed now uh, 16 different people who from all different areas, who all have shown the same thing that in order to become successful, wherever you are in your life, you've got to go through stuff and step up. Those are the people who succeed. It's not the people who just dodge the bullet and don't, you know, they don't they don't go through tough times. The people who become successful are the people who go through tough times and become better and stronger because of it. So it doesn't, it's not about brain injury, injury for me and my story it was, but it's about whatever those struggles are in your life and a new way to look at those struggles that isn't about, you know, running away from them. Okay, so what's the second lesson for us? The second lesson is you can't course correct standing still. And I'll tell you, I'm teaching a course on this. So part of when I when I did the book, I also did a documentary, You Are Stronger Than You Think. And, and I have a course on the back end because so many people ask me, well, how did you do this? Can you help me? And I started seeing that people are sharing the story with actually were able to take on bigger things in their life. And I realized, wow, you know, I've always said success leaves clues. And it, these are things that they're, they're actually these seven lessons are seven. I've keyed them with seven exercises so you can learn how to become more resilient. So you can learn how to become an action taker, which is the second lesson is you can't course correct standing still. I see so many people that don't do something because they don't feel like they know enough or it has to be perfect. And for us, I didn't know so often with Grant what what the next what was going to happen, what was beyond the next door. But I just stayed in forward motion, and I made a decision, not the first day, but the second day standing in the hospital. I made a decision that is is the decision that's changed his life, changed our lives, and will change hopefully millions of people's lives. And that was looking at him in the hospital, and I was scared to death. I mean, it is every parent's worst fear, you know, scared to death. I was like, gosh, just let me trade places. But I said to him, I said, Grant, and he's in a coma. I said, you are going to be 110%. Your name means warrior. This is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. And I started operating from that premise. You know, a lot of times in life, it's asking the right questions. For me, the question is, how do I get him to 110%? And I fully believe, and things keep showing up now to help me get him there, which means I'm going to be able to help, and he is too, a whole lot of people who've been suffering quietly with brain injuries, 5 million people a year with this. And it could be as simple as, you know, people don't realize it. We hit our heads all the time. I mean, you sit around a dinner table and ask people who who who's hasn't hit their head and try to find one. We all we all hit our heads and hurt our brains. So the big thing is is just to get into action. You can't course correct if you're standing still. A plane sitting on the ground can't change its course. You can only do that when you're in air. So JJ, I gotta share this with you with my new patients. Well, if I if I um take two steps back here. I'm in the middle of this uh, three-year functional neurology certification that I'm going through, and I just got through the first year, and it's just such a big undertaking, and I've just been so amazed at um, learning more details about the brain and how to help people when it comes to their health, their brain health, and their body health. 
Um, but now actually when I sit down with all my new patients, I specifically get to a point and I ask them, have you ever had a concussion? Have you ever hit your head? Um, have you ever had any kind of brain injury? Because for a lot of people, we can see on their timeline of their health that there is a head injury at some point and we can see their health slowly declining after that. So you really touched on something important there. Okay, and then the other thing, JJ, is you have me on the edge of my seat right now. What is lesson number three? Lesson number three is your limitations will become your life, is that there's such a you know, distinction between someone who lives thinking there's more than enough and someone who thinks there's not enough, you know, that scarcity person. So this is really that mindset of being abundance-minded. And it was interesting early on because the first doctor who really saved Grant's life and did it a couple times, he had to take that case. You know, one of the challenges is when you have a, when you're at one hospital, in order to get moved to the next hospital, that second hospital must accept your case, however it shows up. And so it's now midnight when we've overruled doctors and I've got my son in a coma, and in a coma, he's in the deepest coma there is, although there is brain activity. He's in a coma, he's on a ventilator, he's, you know, central line, he's fractures, torn aorta, and we've got to find the one doctor who can do this surgery, who's in LA, we've got to find that guy, it's midnight, get him to say okay, and then he's assembling a team. So this doctor says okay, he has to get a hold of the orthopedic surgeons, the neurosurgeons the critical care, both the pediatric and the adult critical care, and his cardiothoracic team, and get them all assembled. And he has to get a hold of a stint. And the stint that he wants to use is one that was used in a study at their hospital, but the study ended a couple weeks prior. So now he has to find it because it's no longer there. He has to get a hold of one of those. And then he has to ask for forgiveness because it's not supposed to be put in kids. So he's doing all of this, right? He is doing, he's assembling all this between 12 a.m., and 5 a.m. when we arrive, he has got this all, and my son gets helicoptered in. We get there. We don't know if we're picking up a corpse or, or if he's going to get to surgery. And this doctor comes up to me, and he says, hey, I've got this. You don't even need to worry about this. I've, I've dealt with people thrown over overpasses. I can totally do this. This will be fine. He'll, be, he'll come through this. Go up to the waiting room. I'll come get you. Like, just same attitude. Like, we're going to do this. This is like, of course, he's going to survive. And then the other doctors, after the fact, because he's still in a coma after the surgery, he comes, you know, he comes through, it's fixing his aorta. The neurosurgeons are like, we don't think he's ever going to wake up. I'm like, you know what, then I want doctors who who, who know he'll wake up, which was most of the doctors in that um, in that ICU were like, we see kids who have half their brain gone, and they're fine. Their kids are amazing. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> And those were the people I wanted on the team. He had a very bad injury, a crushed heel injury. That's a game changer. People don't walk after this injury. And the orthopedic surgeons come in to tell me this and that they are just trying to get him to be able to walk again. I go, you know what? If this was Kobe Bryant here, what would you say to him? And what would you be doing for him? Because I want you to do that. They're like, oh, you know, they just, it's, it's one of those things where you've got to approach it going, no, he's going to be 110%. No, he's not going to have limitations. He's actually going to be better because of it. And just by me saying those things, I mean, first they thought I was absolutely a crazy mom, but they also started acting differently. I wouldn't let them talk around him about, you know, not making it or not being able to walk or not being able to talk. I was like, this doesn't get brought into him because Harry, he told me later, he could describe what my ex-husband and I were wearing and doing in the waiting room where we were when he was in surgery 
he told me later, because I was in the ICU with him every day talking to him, he said, you know, mom, I didn't want to, this gray man came to me and he asked me if I wanted to live or die and I did not want to live, but I kept hearing you talking. So I told him that I would live. So all of this conversation, I mean, you get what you expect. So like, why not just go expect great things? And it was not easy. There was no sign most of the time that he was going to be 110%. You know, the signs were really pointing to he wasn't going to wake up. He was going to be staring off into space. But I just was like, that's it. I'm going to hold on to this one, you know. And when I wasn't feeling that way, I'd call a friend who would talk me off the ledge, right? But that's just where I went. So that's the big thing is your limitations become your life. And you're determining those. So as you were saying, have an abundance mindset, expect good things, even though you might not understand how it's going to come to you, the universe will just usually make it happen. Yeah, I never figure out. It's so interesting because um, I always start with the why. I always start with, you know, what is it I'm looking to accomplish, not how am I going to do it? And so often it's just the how will show up if you just focus on the why. And that's what's been going on with Grant. I mean, literally... You know, we have been turning him around, and it's profound what we've been able to do, but it's because I just keep asking the why and the how keeps showing up for us. Okay, so listeners out there, JJ is sharing some great advice that can apply to all areas of our lives, including including our health. So think about what she's saying, how can it apply to you so that you can help make these different shifts in your lives. Okay, so JJ, what is lesson four? Lesson four is little hinges swing big doors. And this is all about being present, celebrating small wins. And what happened early on, so I had two kids, 15 and 16, and I'm the sole financial support and I'm running a company and I have all these financial pressures. It's it's a challenge. And, and I'm also, I've got these kids, you know, who are the most important thing in my life and I want to be more present for them. And every day I'm writing in my journal, you know, I am more present for my kids. I am present for my kids, but I'm not doing anything about it. And it was so interesting because I kept putting this down and there kept becoming, there were opportunities all around me for me to be more present for my kids, but I was not taking them. And when your kid gets hit by a car and you have to be in there with them every day and you're watching every little thing, every eyelid flutter, every sigh, every movement of a finger, you become super present and you learn to celebrate every small win. And uh, so that's one of the big things that I, I teach people is is you've got to make sure that you are paying attention to these things now. Otherwise, the universe is going to turn up the volume, right? Yeah, definitely. I think I had seen... Um I seen Oprah do a uh, lecture when she was uh, doing her tour up in Canada, and she said something very similar. It wasn't little hinges swing big doors, but it was that you'll uh, hear a whisper in your ear, and then you'll hear a shout, and you'll, you know, basically like a pebble will be thrown at you, and then a brick, and then like a whole wall will fall down on you. Like you have to start listening and paying attention to these little things. Okay, so exactly. Um, so number five. Number five. All right. Number five is if you want to take the island, burn all the boats. 
And so this is all around courage. And, and, and there's a big distinction here. You know, people talk about being fearless. I don't believe in being fearless. I believe in being courageous. I believe in using fear as an indicator that you're playing big enough. And so that we are going to change your tolerance with fear. So that as you get used to, okay, I felt some fear. I leaned into it. I stepped up. And then the next time that shows up, you lean into it and step up and you you really decharge that emotion. So for me, obviously, this was um, super, a super scary time. But the biggest, you know, the, one of the big scary things about this was this book had to go. Otherwise, I don't know how I was going to pay for my son and my other son. I mean, I'm looking at Grant and just the helicopter transports alone were $80,000. And at that time, I had no idea what insurance was paying and what it wasn't. And, you know, he's a multi-million dollar bionic guy at this point. And I looked at that and I went, man, the Virgin Diet needs to succeed at a whole nother level now. Like I wanted to push it out in the world because I knew what it could have a profound impact on people's health because we needed to really, to me, elimination diet should be your first line of defense. But now I knew like this was going to be the way that I was going to be able to support my child and whatever he needed because, you know, we've done neurofeedback, we've done hyperbaric, we're doing stem cell therapy. Insurance doesn't cover any of that. And are you going to look at your kid and know that there's things that you could do to bring him back to 110% but you can't do it? No way. You're going to do whatever you can. So all my boats were burned. I was taking that island. And you know, I think the challenge, and I, I just know this from weight loss, carry working in it for 30 years, is people go, oh, okay, I'll try that. It's, uh, in the words of my favorite philosopher, Yoda, it's a do not try, do. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yoda is the great philosopher, isn't he? Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I hear that come out of patient's mouth, I, I get a little, uh, little uh, you know, shiver Well, because you know what it means. It means I'm not doing it. Do not try means the moment it gets difficult, which is immediately, you now are looking for all the reasons why not to, instead of looking for all the reasons why to. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I like what you said uh, earlier about the distinction between being fearless versus being courageous. Yes, huge difference. And reframing fear as a positive. Okay, so uh, on to number six. I know we're starting to run low on time, but I want to make sure we get all of this great information in. Well, this is how I've lived my life. It is a rising tide lifts all boats. I think the biggest thing that we have going on in our world now that is devastating to us is is isolation, is social isolation. I've always been very, very collaborative. The minute this has happened to me in the hospital, I sent out an SOS out to my entire community going, this happened. I don't want sympathy. I want your support. What, what do you know here? Like I had, you know, fortunately, I had a lot of amazing ducks already in my wheelhouse. I had Dr. Daniel Lehman come into the hospital and Hyla Cass and Prudence Hall and I had Barry Sears helping me and Dr. Michael Lewis with fish oil. So I mean I had I was I was very connected, which now I'm just sharing that out there to the world. But what I've seen after the fact is I've got a child who felt like he had no purpose, he had no community anymore, he was in high school, all his friends left, you know, and they didn't want to deal with a kid coming out of a brain injury, because it's not a not a pretty sight for quite a while, you know, it's like raising a child starting all over again, 
So it's been the isolation that's so challenging. And so what what this really is about is collaborating, connecting, sharing information, you know, not feeling like, especially I collaborate, collaborate a lot in my business and I've always been sharing other people's health information because I know that if someone's interested in weight loss, they're not going to buy just my book. They're going to buy everybody's books. They're going to listen to everybody's podcasts and blogs. And we all go up and rise up together. I like that. The rising tide lifts all boats. Okay, so um, next is number seven. The biggest one of all. And, you know, we talk a lot about gratitude. I start gratitude every morning. Every morning I sit down and I write in my journal at least three things or people who I'm grateful for, that I'm grateful for. But the flip side of that is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness truly sets you free. And, you know, after the fact, so Grant was the victim of a hit and run. A woman hit him, got out of the car, gasped, got back in the car and drove off because our neighbor saw her do this and then pulled around Grant to protect him from any oncoming traffic and called 911. And I, you know, people kept saying, JJ, are you going to go after that woman? Did they find the woman? Let's put some money, you know, reward out to find the woman. And I'm like, I'm not focusing on that. I got to focus on my son's life. She's got, she'll, you know what? She's, A, I don't know if she hit him or if he walked in front of her. We'll never know. No one knows, Mm -hmm. you know? And I can't put my energy there. And I just thought it wasn't an issue for me. But, you know, reality was I got through this whole situation and I was not depressed, but I was not happy either. I wasn't feeling any joy, but I wasn't really feeling any sadness. I was just flatlined. And it was from all of this building up where I had to go actively. You can't, forgiveness is an active process. It can't just be, oh, I'm not paying attention to that because it's sitting in your closet somewhere. I had to actively forgive her. I had to actively forgive my son, Grant. I had to actively forgive myself for letting him walk out the door that night. So, you know, and then as I started to go through that, I go, wow, there's a lot of stuff I need to forgive in my life. So if you're not feeling happy, if like amazing things are happening for you and you're going, oh, okay, probably you have some forgiving to do because forgiveness literally squashes your joy. I mean, being, being, being unfor, you know what I mean? Not forgiving squashes your joy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can see that for some people, that's going to be the hardest step is the forgiveness one. It's such a big one. So important. JJ, now that you've shared all of this great information, how do people start? What can they do now to start changing their mindset today? Yeah, and you know, this was what was so interesting for me is to realize that you could you could build this, you could develop it, you can develop your mindset. It's a muscle. That's what's so exciting. This is not fixed. You know, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the psychologist who determined the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. We can develop this. This is a muscle. Where do you start first? I actually created a scorecard. Um, the Miracle Mindset Scorecard that looked at all of those seven key attributes I just talked about so that you can quantify, how am I doing in each of those? And then where do I need to work the most? And then I've created lessons and exercises for each of those areas. But I think it all first starts with just A, the awareness, the awareness that if you're not where you want to be in your life in any of the areas, health and wellness, um, relationships, finances, your career, avocation, business, then look first to your mindset and look what might be holding you back in any of those seven key areas and go ahead and start working on building that up. And again, that's the, the back back end of what I did as I was writing this book. I started out writing this book just to share the story. And then I went, so many people were like, but wait a minute, 
how did you do this? So now it's really like, what are the key lessons? Just like there's a very specific way you can go through a forgiveness, active forgiving, that will let you let it go, right? You It can't just be, oh, I forgive you. You have to actively forgive someone in order to let it go. So JJ, we're starting to run low on time here. We have a couple of minutes left. Do you have any last words of encouragement or advice for our listeners? Yes, I do. Um, The biggest thing that here is, again, you can build your mindset, you can create this, which really means that you can create the life that you want and you can create the impact that you want because I truly believe Carrie that we're we're here for a reason you know and we're here to leave this place better than we found it but again it goes back to first really deciding that you're going to look at your mindset that you're going to look at you as the source which is great it's super empowering that you take personal responsibility for that mindset and then of course for all those other things that happen to you you really control your destiny. JJ, how can our listeners find out more about you and where can they find your new book, The Miracle Mindset? The book is everywhere. The websites, uh, obviously all the online bookstores. Um, Amazon's going to be an easy place to grab it and then all the bookstores. But, but easiest place to keep up with me is to go to jjvirgin.com. From there, you can get linked to my Facebook community. I do a lot of Facebook Live to my podcast and to my blogs. We have created a lot of ongoing information, both in the Miracle Mindset um, community and in the health community here, so that people never have an excuse for why they're they're not taking action. So listeners, I'll make sure that those links are in the podcast notes so that you can easily find uh, JJ and all of her wonderful information. JJ, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has just been an awesome interview. Thank you. I so appreciate it. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with J.J. Virgin. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.